Amen. So Acts chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this time, Lord. We thank you, Father, Lord, for, Father, Lord, your word, my God. We thank you for your teaching, Lord. And we just thank you, Father, as you continue to lead us and guide us and direct us in all that we do this day, Father. We love you. We praise you. And we bless you this day, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. What version? Uh, okay, so I will be um, reading from the ESV, from the English Standard Version. I'll actually be going through the whole book of Acts in this in this uh, book and in this uh, translation. So if you're taking notes or you want to be on the same, um, same one I'm reading, I'll be out of the ESV pretty much the whole, the whole Bible study. So all the teachings will be coming from reading the ESV and uh, so the certain words and stuff like that. So just in case you're wondering, this doesn't say thruff through the Spirit. It says through His Holy Spirit. Amen? Through the Holy Spirit, not thruff the Holy Spirit. Okay? My wife's not here, so that was kind of a knock at her, but you know, she was, she thought it said, she thought she wrote thruff. And I said, no, it's not thruff. It's, you wrote through it's fine so she's still getting over the cold so you know she's getting there <laughs> but i just want to clarify in case anybody else can feel in kind of under the weather then it doesn't say thruff it says through amen all right cool amen so again i'll still you'll still see those those words thrown out there so today's is through through uh, the holy spirit amen so we'll we'll open up and we'll read uh, acts chapter one and we'll be reading verse one through five so it says here in the first book O theophilus i have dealt with all that jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Amen. So this will be our key verse tonight through through Acts chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. I'm just going to touch on a couple of, of study notes here that you can find in any study Bible or anytime you're studying the Word of God. A lot of these notes will be a part of that, so I'm just going to kind of share a little bit. This is from the study Bible that I have. And it's just a, a quick layout of the book of Acts. There's a lot more to it. I only took a part of where we're kind of at right now in the beginning of the book of Acts. Amen. Amen. So it says here, um, that it was written around in A.D. 63 and 70. For some reason it said and 70. Uh, keep in mind that Paul was martyred in uh, sometime around 67 A.D. Three years after. Yeah, and Rome destroyed um, Rome destroyed Jerusalem in 70 A.D. As we've kind of heard a lot in the teachings that we have, and we went we went over um, this book covered about 30 years of of the church, you know, and it covered 30 years after Christ's resurrection. But what's amazing about this is within these 30 years or so, between when this book was written, the church had already been established and the gospel had already been spread. So imagine that's a short period of time when you really think about it for all that to already be taking place and the church being established and the message of the gospel being preached. Amen. So I thought that was a pretty good little footnote there. Now, the purpose it's, it wrote here is to give an accurate account of the birth and growth of the Christian church. Okay. Amen. So as we go through the book of Acts, this is what we're looking at. It's, it's an accurate account of the birth and the growth of the Christian church. Um, the author is Luke. So anybody remember who Luke is? Yes. Physician. physician, okay. Anybody remember, like, recognize why Luke would be important to us right now? He was, a, he was very fastidious, right? Yeah. Doctor? 
And then we just actually went through a whole gospel that he wrote too. Amen? (laughs) So it's the same author. It's the same author from the book of Luke, and he's also the one who also wrote Acts. So it's more of a less of a continuation from the book of Luke. Now we're going into the book of Acts. Uh, and the audience in here, as, he's, as he opens it up, is uh, Theophilus, or Theophi- Theoph- I think it's Theophilus. Um, there's really not a lot on who he was or who he is, but his name, and in some translations we'll refer to him in this name, is uh, either it's uh, also known as friend of God, or lover of God, or one who loves God. That's his translation? That's, that's what, the, the, what the, his name means. Okay. So many look at it as a saying, you know, it's, as he's writing Otheophilus, but it's also to those who love God or the friend of God. Amen? Um, the setting is basically a link between Christ's life and the life of the church between the Gospels and the letters. Okay. So it's the portion of Scripture right between the letters and, you know, when the Gospels come to a close. Uh, it's also a sequel to Luke, which we just talked about. Um, what's, what's thought of on this, when you, when you, if, I don't know if you've ever read the book of Acts, but when you read the book of Acts, it actually ends very abruptly. It's just like, it just finishes. It's like, wait, what happened there? And some believe that, well, because we're still in the book of Acts, you know, which you can look at that, you know, there's still a lot to be done. But it's also a thought that, you know, that Acts ends so quick because maybe Luke may have planned a third book. So it's very possible that maybe he's still continuing to plan on writing, but it's just a thought that many, you know, think on that. Um, it has a lot to do where the church started. So some of the things as far as the church started, it was organized. They learned how to organize and solve problems. Um, and it all began by faith in the risen Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit who enabled them to witness, to love, and to serve. So, it, again, it's starting with the church, you know, with the church starting. And one of the things they got to learn in this was or, how to learn how to organize and how to solve problems. But this is the root of it. It began by faith in the risen Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit who enabled them to witness, to love, and to serve. Amen? Sound familiar? It should sound like the church for today. Amen? That's what the church is. Our faith in the risen Christ and the power of His Holy Spirit, which enables us to witness, to love, and to serve. Amen? Um, it also put here, it's all by faith in Jesus Christ. This is the simple gospel. By faith in Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit, the church can be a vibrant agent for change. Amen? So with, the, with, being, with our faith in Christ and us being changed in Christ, then we are to be that vibrant change in this world. Amen? So it's, it's looked at upon in the book of Acts. Um, it also says that they were going to face new problems, but... Acts also gives remedies of how to solve those problems. Amen? A way of escape. A way of escape. Amen. So this is just a kind of a quick layout. Like I said, you could find those study notes in any study Bible. If you have a study Bible, it's probably a lot of that stuff in there. It may be similar, a little bit differences, but pretty much the same theme in that. Amen? So I just kind of want to lay that down as we start the book of, as we start the book of Acts. And I wrote here, as I was putting this together, how many of us know any time there is growth, there will always be problems? Yep. How many, how many would agree with that? Yes. Anytime there is growth or maturity, there will always be problems. There will always be resistance. There will always be new things that you come across. Why do you think, like uh, I think Sister Karen just said, why do you think so many people don't like what? Change. Change. Yep. Amen. 
Amen. It's uh, nobody likes change. I mean, you know, some people do. Some people strive for change. Some people are constantly changing, and others are just like, no, I don't. You know, you can change certain things, but when too much changes, then we don't adjust. It's it's hard to adjust. And many of us will change, but we don't do it very cheerfully many times. Yes, Summer. Um, a good example of that, like, say if a parent decides that the family should eat healthier, there might be a kid that be like, Mom, Dad, what are you trying to feed us? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like in my in my household right now, my family's actually looking, they're eating better. And I'm the one that's not many times. So, you know, so they don't really like to change many times or not just me and my wife as well. And we kind of bring in stuff and they're just looking at us like, why are you doing this? But yet they're eating it with us. So, you know, it's like, come on, you like the change. Amen. So, yeah, but change is never, never easy. So, but, and so all throughout this whole book of Acts, this is all a life changing event, but not just within their own lives, but this is going to be a life changing event for the whole world, you know, because this is where the gospel is being spread. This is where the faith in Jesus is growing and, and the church is growing and being established. So this is where it's really at here. So, you know, this is a very, um, as we go through the book of Acts, these are going to be some key things that we will come across. And we will come across quite a bit of similarities and a lot of stuff we're teaching and a lot of stuff we're hearing and a lot of stuff we're studying and reading. But remember, it's all because the Lord is teaching us through it all. Amen. So that's just kind of a layout of of the book of Acts. Um, I know it says the Acts of the Apostles, and I've heard it put it this way. It's the Acts of actually the Holy Spirit as well, you know, because it's it's the Holy Spirit working through those apostles. So I thought that was really good when I heard that. Amen. So we're going to go to, yes, Summer. Um, If you can't change, you've got to be careful because not all change is good. Mm -hmm. For example, that's right. Change your diet for the worse if you're not careful. Yeah, yeah I kind of take that as you're taking a shot at me, but I, I got you. No, I got you. I, I got you. I'm, it's conviction of the Holy Spirit right there, Summer. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> Amen. So we're going to go to verse 1 of Acts chapter 1, and we're going to start to break this down a little bit. Amen. So there's, there's not a lot of verses, but there's a lot in here. So we're going to start in verse 1. So it says, In the first book, and the first book was what? Luke. Luke, the Gospel of Luke, amen? And it says, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. So that's verse 1 there. So what I like about this one, I have another version here. It's out of the, new, it's out of the Living Bible. And I'm going to read this version. It says, Dear friend who loves God, In my first letter, I told you about Jesus' life and teachings and how he returned to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions from the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, actually alive, and proved to them in many ways that it was really he himself they were seeing. And on these occasions, he talked to them about the kingdom of God. And one of these meetings, he told them not to leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came upon them and fulfilled of the Father's promise, a matter he had previously discussed with them. John baptized you with water, he reminded them, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit in just a few days. So what I like about that version is, is that he opens it up, dear friend who loves God. Looking at it as, you know, Theophilus, his word, his name can, you know, can mean friend of God or lover of God or one who loves God. Amen. So let's look at John chapter 15, verse 15. Let's see what the Bible says. Keep your place here in Acts, but I just want to look at this scripture. Acts chapter 15, verse 15. If somebody would like to read that scripture. I'm sorry, John chapter 15, verse 15. 
Ma, it's been a couple weeks, guys. Have some mercy on me. Amen. Yeah, yeah, if if you're there already and you'd like to read that, go ahead. I'm no longer calling you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. Now I've called you friends, because everything I have heard from my father, I have made it known to you. Amen. Can you read that one more time? Sure. I'm no longer calling you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. Now I've called you friends, because everything I've heard from my father, I have made it known to you. Amen. Amen. So how many of us in here today are a friend of God or a lover of God? How many of you love God or known to love God? Amen. So let me tell you something. As we open up in this scripture today, make it personal. See it as Luke is writing to me and you as a friend of God. As the one that loves God. Amen? So we can make this personal. So when we read this, when we read the book of Acts, we're taking this. This is for me. He's writing this to me because I love God. I'm a friend of God. You know? And he says, and my friends, I make those things known to you. Because no longer do I call you servants, but I call you my friend. Because I'm making these things known to you. So that's one of the blessings that me and you have. And being a child of God and being a friend of God is that we have the Father who makes things known to us through His Son by the Holy Spirit. So those things that we're hidden those things that were a mystery i remember one time i got in a in an not an argument just a disagreement with a friend of mine and he kept telling me these you know he would tell me these words and he would say and there's many secrets and that you you just don't know and it was really weird and creeped me out you know i'm like why do you say it like that you know it sounds weird i said the bible says that all the mysteries were opened in jesus christ now there's a lot of things i don't know and there's a lot of things i don't understand but i do know that everything was revealed in jesus christ and so yeah they may be a mystery to me but they're not a mystery to god that's right and it's open for everybody and the closer that I get to Jesus and as he chooses to reveal that to me, then I get to know those things. But they're already open because everything was opened in Jesus Christ. He was a revelation of that mystery and those secret things. Amen? So, yeah, we didn't, we didn't end up on good terms on that, but that was okay. We chose to disagree. Amen? Yes. So, we understand that we, we have that relationship with God. So as we read the book of Acts and you read the book of Acts, understand that it's a personal letter. It's a personal word of God. But because you're a friend of God. And so don't depend upon yourself to try to understand it. Depend on his Holy Spirit. Depend upon his word. Depend upon the relationship that you have with him to help you to understand it. Amen. And not only to understand it, but to also live it. That's one of the most important things here. And that the book of Acts really touches on is how to live it. But recognizing through it all, these apostles didn't have it all together. This book is a book of them learning how to live it. Them learning in the relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ by His Spirit. So this is a book of learning. And how many of us today are still our disciples? How many of us are still learning many things today? Amen? Okay, I didn't see all of you guys raise your hand, but amen, that's fine. <laughs> amen. Remember, teach a wise man and he will be wiser still. Amen? It's a proverb. Amen. Always be teachable. Amen? So we should always be teachable. So again, in the first book of Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. Amen? So when we look at the book of Luke, we just went to the book of Luke, right? Mm-hmm. And he taught quite a bit. Yeah, there was, yeah. was a lot that was taught there. There was a lot of different things. So what I like to do is, I like to open this up for, for, for each one of us in here. and Because we're going to kind of reflect a little bit on when it talks about, I, with, all, with all that Jesus began to do and teach, well, we just learned a lot. 
But I'm not going to expect you to go back and remember everything that we learned in the book of Luke. But I would like to know in just in, the, in your life, you know, and don't like tell me when you were born. Just, you know, just something simple, you know. But Jesus is our teacher and all that he's done in our lives. So what did Jesus do and teach you in your life that you would like to share today? And I share that because our whole lives should always connect to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everything should always connect to the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, because everything should always connect to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So we should always have something to be able to learn or been taught or learning today and have seen and recognized what God has done in our lives through the word of God. Not just in the Gospels, but through the word of God. So my question is, is that he's talking here. He says, you know, he's uh, talking about the first book that you had written this to you, to those of friends of God, lovers of God. And I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. So he's reflecting on what he wrote in the book of Luke. So my question to you is, is there something you would like to share that God has done or has been teaching you that you've learned through these just in your life in general, just something that you upon your heart. Yes, Brother Dennis. Just, just the way you're even saying it, the uh, uh, Word of God. Uh, to, to me, um, you can, there's, can have various rela- relations with the Lord, some closer than others. You can kind of you know, choose that. At first in my life, you know, I was kind of an academic or technical Christian, I guess you might say, because... This is the Word of God, the Bible. And we treat it like a rule book. <laughs> yeah. he, this, this isn't Jesus. This is what He said. And He says do this and says do that. Ah, but he, what He wants is to have is a personal relationship that means you hear Him. Now, you build up yourself up in the Bible or whatever it is, but you need to hear what he's telling you, you, not other people. I'm excelled, like you said, he, uh, where, where was it? Uh, yeah, I have called you friends for all the things that I have heard of my father. So he's hearing the father. Amen. He says, I have made known to you. So we should be enough of a disciple, like you're, you're saying, to hear from him. Amen. Yeah, we have to learn all this stuff. I, I don't know if I'm making that very clear. No, no, I got it's you. We got person, you. It should be a personal thing. Yes. Not, well, let's see. The, the Bible says over here. No, the Lord actually showed me this. You know, I was going to go to the right, but He showed me to go to the left. You don't find that. I mean, where in the Bible does it say where, which job to get or whatever? <laughs> you, know, you better go beyond that. Amen. You know, I mean, the, I'm not downplaying the Bible. That's not the the, the point. The, the point is, he it can be personal, and that's where our prayer life comes in. Yes, amen. Amen. Yes, Valerie. He's taught me through the years that uh, he has my back, and he'll never let me down. Amen. And that I, as long as I keep my eyes focused on him, yes. that he's, the, he's my anchor. Amen. Underneath his wings, I have shelter. He's my provider. He's, he's everything. He's like... 360, you know, he's everything for me. And as long as I keep my eyes focused on him, that he's he's got my back. I had a time where I, I didn't know whether I wanted to leave my job and take another job or stay where I was. And I, I had this vision 
that if I, I was working with Karen at the time at the Fullerton School District and I wanted to go to one apart, but that was a temporary, it was not temporary, it was a part-time position. So if I, if I left here, I would be going to a place with no benefits and I would be leaving the security of this job with the benefits and I just lost my husband at the time and I had small children. So if I left here and jumped here, will I make it here? And I have this like little vision, mini vision of God saying, okay, I, I'm down here. I, I, wait, God, wait, let me see. Um, God, I'm up there. God's down here saying jump. Okay. Okay. And I'm up there and I'm looking down and I want to jump and make that change, but I was afraid to, but I, I couldn't see God saying jump and then stepping aside and saying, I <laughs> fell, you know, yeah. I knew he would catch me Amen. and he did. He caught me. So I was there for six months and then another job opened up and that was another blessing. And I was in that job for quite a while. I had many blessings. I got to take my kids on the bus. I even got to take Summer on the bus. I was her bus driver. Amen. So it was a really good time in my life. And then it went from that to another another obstacle where I had to trust him again. And then that one was because I, I didn't let God take my battle. I had a battle. And instead of letting God handle my battle, I handled it myself. So I had another learning experience. And it was still that I had to trust God. And, and so he taught me here to trust him. He taught me here to trust him. And then from here, I had another battle. And I had to trust him again. Amen. And now, guess what? I'm in another battle. <laughs> and I'm having to trust him again. Amen. 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 Praise the I Lord. Yes, the care. Shorter than Valerie. <laughs> in a nutshell, what Valerie's saying is that she looked at the finished work of Christ. And I learned today, Alep and Tav, which is the first letters of the Hebrew alphabet, which is I have the beginning and the end. Mm -hmm. And if we keep our eyes on that finished work of Christ, then we're solid. Amen. Amen. That's right. That's right. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes, Summer. Um, I'd say the two major things that's really been coming to my mind lately is how much God actually wants a relationship, a real relationship, because He could have easily just made us droids, pretty much, where we... <laughs> Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> like, my TV habits are sneaking out, but the point is, you could have just made us where we just simply follow protocol, but no, he uh, even put the forbidden fruit partly because he wanted a real relationship. He wanted us to make the decision on our own. Amen. Amen. And another thing I learned is that he does have a plan for my life, even when oh, man, I... Amen, Summer, good job. Even though most of the time, i got to admit, I don't see it. And sometimes it's frustrating because most of the time I don't see it. And sometimes I feel like I'm so close, one step away from the promised land. And sometimes I feel like I'm a million miles away in the desert. Amen. But I know that either way, God is there. That's right. Amen. Amen. And these are things that you come through through learning. Yes, Sister Lila. 
Um, I say definitely within these last two years, um, just his unfailing love for me and his grace. Um, you know, I would see it in the Word, I would hear it, you know, I would get confirmation when He would talk to me, and I mean, the fact that He sustained me, it's just so evident, and, um, you know, it's almost like in neon, you know, He's like, you know the end, like, you win, like, you get caught up in the middle of the game, but you already know how it ends, you know, and we do, sometimes we're so superficial that we, we can only see the tangible in front of us, but at the end of the day, you know, as his children, we have faith, and we, um, you know, we know that no matter what happens, no matter what trial, no matter what valley, no matter what issue comes up, we win, like, yeah. like if you think about it, that's you know to worry about anything. It's almost dumb, you know. Like, yeah, we're humans, easy. and it's hard to say that, especially when there's no money in the bank, or especially when there's no gas in the tank, or there's no food. Like, it's really easy to say it's, but it's when you're there that you see him, and you see the miracles, and you see the blessings, and you see him come through, and you're just like, it can only be you, Father. Like, it's nobody else. So I want to thank him. For you know, continuing to reveal and Amen. heal and uh, show His grace. Amen, amen. And these are again things that we learn, things that we you know that we've been taught. And many times you can't really see at that time, like it was spoken. You know, you can't really see it through the teaching. But how many of us believe that the Word of God is alive? Yes. And Jesus wasn't speaking when He's teaching His disciples. They didn't understand and grasp everything that was going to happen. They did, they, most of the stuff He said went over their heads, but they believed in Him and they trusted Him and they got to know Him. And now, as we go into the Book of Acts, all that they were taught, all that He had spoken to them, would now be brought to life. Would now be brought to life, and now they would be challenged to now walk it out. And this is where. We, that's where the trust comes in, as we heard. This is where the, the growing and the maturing and seeing, okay, Lord, this, now it's different. I see this differently, you know, through the waiting on the Lord and just knowing Him in so many different ways as a provider, as being faithful, as being comforter, as being your healer, as being your helper, just being that one who loves you when, no one, when you feel like no one else does. When, like Summer said, I just I don't many times feel like I know there's a plan, but I believe it, though, because He says it. And when God says something, there is life to it. He means it. Amen? Yes? I was going to say that, or I am going to say that, when I um, read in the Psalms, it seemed like you were talking about it being alive, the word being alive. And it seemed like like that was God just talking to me, like just jumping off the page. Amen. You know, like I can't tell you which psalm in particular, but I would just be, it wasn't just one in particular, it was many. I'd just read through it and it was like he's speaking to me every day through the psalms when I was reading it. Amen. Amen. And that's that personal relationship as you start to grow, as we start to grow together in that. Amen. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that we won't always end up in that place. You might find yourself in a place sometimes where you're just reading and you're just like, I'm not like, I'm reading it, but I'm not there. But you believe it, though, because you know it's the Word of God. So keep doing it. Don't stop reading. Don't stop spending that time in the Word of God. Don't stop being attentive to the Word of God. Even if we don't get it, just keep going. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for sharing that, you know, because I just wanted to use those examples as, as areas that we're learning and growing, because that's where the disciples were. This is where the apostles were. This is what Luke is writing about, about everything that they were taught now. Now it's starting to come to life. Amen. So let's look at verse two. Yeah, that was just verse one, guys. <laughs> 
It says, until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Amen. So we're now in verse 2. So when he's talking about this, you know, he'd given them commands through the Holy Spirit. Let's go to the book of uh, Luke chapter 24. You guys remember that, Sad, right? Yeah. All right, all right, cool. Amen. Yeah, we were just there not too long ago. Amen. Went over. What verse? We're going to go to Luke chapter 24, and we're going to read verse 44 through 49. This is just some of the things. As, remember, in this part, it says, Until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands to the Holy Spirit, to the apostles whom he had chosen. So these are just some commandments, some words that Christ had shared with his apostles before he left. Amen. Actually, we'll go all the way to the end, to 53. So I'm going to read this part. It says, Then he said to them, so these are some words he's talking to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. We just heard about that, the Psalms, amen? Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high." And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, blessing God. Amen. Amen. So, so I'm going to look at a couple of words here in here. And it says here in uh, verse 48, it says, you are witnesses of these things. Okay. So that word witness right there is one who is a spectator of anything. And those who after his example have proved the strength and genuous, genu, genuous, genuous of their faith in Christ by undergoing a violent death. So again, when he's saying this word witness, it's one who is a spectator of something or one who has witnessed something. But those who after his example have proved the strength and genuineness, I cannot say genuineness for some reason, of their faith in Christ by undergoing a violent death or also known as a martyr. A martyr is a person who voluntarily suffers death as the penalty of witnessing and refusing to renounce a religion. So imagine, they would have had to refuse anything that went against Christ. Okay, So imagine, these disciples walked with Jesus. They witnessed him die on the cross, but they also witnessed the resurrected Jesus. They were in communion with the resurrected Jesus. So these disciples had seen things that could never change their mind about what they had witnessed and what they saw and what they knew. So anything that would ever go against this teaching, anything that would ever go against who Christ is... They would say no because they knew Christ. They know Christ, so therefore they are now witnesses, not just to say, I saw something, but I know something. And it's such a strong witness that they would, because they would refuse to go against Christ, they would even die for that belief. Because they knew in their heart, and they knew because they knew they were there, that it was true. 
So anything to go contrary would be denying everything they had even saw and they knew and that they saw Christ to be. Imagine a witness in that. Imagine such a strength in that. And I'm not saying that we don't have that, but it's, I mean, that is a strong faith where nothing can change that because it's just just burned in your mind and in your heart. It's like, imagine, I'm just going to use an example as a a mother or a father. I mean, you know, I'll use a mother because of that, that, that mother intimacy, but imagine a mother just, you know, saying, that's not my child. And refusing that. It's like, it's such a passion. I know it does happen, unfortunately. But it's such a passion when there's such a love that you cannot change the fact that that's still your mother or your father or the one you love. It's just such a passion and such a connection in there. So these men are, he's telling them, you will be witnesses of these things. But this is a strong witness. And it says, and behold, I am sending the promise of my father. The promise is a pledge or a divine assurance. And of my father upon you, but stay in the city. Here's that one. Here's a command. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And that word power right there, you've probably heard it before, that dunamis power. That's like where they get the word dynamite from. Not JJ dynamite, you know, dynamite, like actual dynamite that blows up. You know, does anybody want to do the dynamite? Not dolomite, but dynamite. Amen. So, but it's, it's dynamite. I don't even know what dolomite is. I just know the word. But dynamite. So it's refer- referring to that, that that's power, that's strong. I mean, I don't know if you guys ever heard dynamite, but I'm pretty sure on New Year's Eve you heard plenty of fireworks. Amen? Those are the ones that shake. I got a neighbor's truck that does that. Sounds like dynamite when it turns on. That thing just like, boom, and our windows shake and everything. Like, man, what's going on over there? You know, it's, it's crazy. So sometimes it sounds like dynamite to me. Or it could just be their stomach. I don't know. But I think it's their truck. Amen? And what it's referring to is strength, power, and ability. So that power, that dunamis, that dynamite, is strength, power, and ability. Now, refer to a couple things, and these are from the concordance. It says, power performing miracles, which everybody loves to focus on. But look at this one. It's also a moral power of excellence and excellence of soul. It's also a power to be Moral and an excellence of the soul. You had something on the passage? Holy. So imagine it's like, it's, we're going somewhere with this. <laughs> and also it says, a power consisting in or resting upon armies, forces, and hosts. So it's like what Sister Valerie said, I know and I've learned that he's got my back. So it's, imagine that. It's like, you know, you, when you know someone's got your back and you know they're going to be there, you rest on that. You know, many people get into trouble because they, well, I know so-and-so's got my back until they don't have their back and then they're caught up in a mess. But when you know someone has your back, when you know someone's going to be there, when you can rest upon somebody, well, this is that same power. It's the power consisting in or resting upon armies, forces, and hosts. It's referring to armies and all these different things. But how many of us know that we can have power consisting in resting upon the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit's got us. Because God's got us. Because Jesus has us. And the three are one. Three persons, but one God. Amen? So let's go back to the book of Acts chapter 1. And I want us to keep those thoughts in mind there as we continue to go on here. That was verse 3. 
I'm sorry, no, was it verse 3? Verse 2, amen, we're okay. We should be at here by 10. So that was verse 2. So we're going to go now to the part where it says here, until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Now let's look at Luke chapter 6, verse 12 through 16, please. Luke chapter 6, verse 12 through 16. If somebody liked to read those, that verse, those verses. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Aphilius, and... Simon called the Zealot, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who, was all, who also became a traitor. Amen. So this is where the Lord chooses his 12 disciples, which would become apostles. Let's go to the book of John, and we're going to go to chapter 6, verse 70. If somebody would like to read that verse. John chapter 6, verse 70. Want me to read? Yeah, whoever's there. Yeshua answered them, Didn't I choose you, the twelve? Yet one of you is the adversary. Amen. So he says, Did I not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil. Amen. So let's go to John chapter 17. A couple chapters over. John chapter 17, verse 9 through 12. Somebody like to read that. Verse 9 through 12 of John chapter 17. I pray for them, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them, and now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thy own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Amen. So whose are they? The The Lord's. The Lord's. Oh, yeah, the Lord's. The Lord's. But whoever is the Lord's is also the Father's. Amen? Mm-hmm. And these are the disciples whom he chosen. And as he's talking there, he says, These are the commands given to the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Amen? How many believe that you are chosen by God? Oh, my gosh, absolutely. Amen? So this word is for us as well. Amen? So let's go to verse um, 3 of uh, Acts chapter 1. We'll go back to Acts chapter 1, verse 3. Correct. Correct. 
And he says, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Amen. So let's go to the book of, um, let's go back to John chapter 20, right? Page over. John chapter 20. And if somebody like to read verse 20. 2020. 2020. Oh yeah. Today. Today, summer. When he said... This, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Amen. And if somebody would like to read verse 24 through 29 of that same chapter. Amen. One of the twelve, Thomas, you said 24 through what? Uh, 29. To what? To 29? 29. 24 to 29, correct, okay. yeah. One of them, Thomas, called the twin, was not with them when Yeshua came. The other disciples were saying to him, We've seen the Lord. But he replied to them, Unless I see the nail prints in his hands and put my finger into the mark of the nails and put my hand in his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, the disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Yeshua comes despite the locked doors. He stood in the midst and said, Shalom Alehem. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my sight. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord, my God. Yeshua said to him, Because you have seen me, you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Amen. So again, let's go back to Acts chapter 1, verse 3. He says, He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them for, during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So remember that there's also many teachings, and even in that time, especially in the book of, in Corinth and many things like that, will say that Jesus rose as a spirit and all these different things. But our faith, and we know, and especially in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, will clarify that Jesus rose in a body bodily resurrection. He rose by the Spirit of God, but he also rose in the physical, and he shows himself to them in that. And he even tells them in Luke chapter 24, verse 36 to 34, I mean through 43, he says, Spirit does not have flesh and bones. Now, it's not the same body that we have today, but it's a glorified body. And it's a body that is a risen body that we too, that the Bible says that we too will have one day. So there's many times that there will be those that will say, and there are teachings out there, and there was teachings and about that, that he only rose in the spirit. But no, he had a bodily resurrection by the spirit of God. Amen. And he showed these proofs to them. Yeah. Yeah. Tangible. And he showed these proofs to them and displayed it to them. And this is what the scriptures we just read there is showing. He says, no, touch, touch me. You can touch me. Put your finger here. Do that. He was showing them this is who I I am. He was showing them that he's not just a spirit, you know, although he was, you know, in that in that resurrected body, though. Amen. Amen. Is it possible the time that the 40 days that he here was with them, mm-hmm. spent with them, that they understood a lot of what he was speaking to them before his crucifixion? That it's like um, he talked to them about the resurrection, yeah. and death, and then he would, with the Last Supper, he told them, This is my body and this is my blood that you would drink. And stuff. Do you think in this 40 days that he was with them and stuff because he appeared to them and on many occasions that um, they understood? actually a little bit of what he was talking about because actually they're looking at a body that was risen from the dead 
and stuff in the flesh and stuff because this is what he spoke mm-hmm. and nobody else has done that you know but him all the power comes through the Holy Spirit that raises him from the dead because scripture does tell us the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us yeah, yeah. we can really grasp that but I'm just saying in those 40 days I wonder if they started to like with me connect the puzzle you know, yeah okay he did speak of this and they're beginning to see that because a lot of people and the Pentecostal charismatic, they stick a lot into chapter 2 on the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the speaking of tongues. But when you see it in chapter 1, the Holy Spirit and he's there with them, I really wonder if things were being revealed to them at that point for these 40 days, you know, of who he really was. Their understanding was open. Their eyes were Mm -hmm. open. They were getting it and stuff because then he tells them, he does tell them to go up and, and to the upper room and stay there until he does send the power of the Holy Spirit, which is a whole different thing because this is all the, the birth of the church. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and Luke, is, um, Luke was a very detailed person. I think one person called him a historian. Yeah. So, so he was very detailed in his research and, his wit- and the eyewitnesses that saw this because it was all about the birth, the death, the, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. That's what the whole gospel is about. That's what the cross was about. So I really wonder, and that's what I was telling you, I was yeah, yeah. thinking today, is like, how much did they connect before the upper room? Because he spent this time with them. And it says to the disciples, he appeared to the disciples. So I'm really wondering, in those 40 days, what did you teach them, Lord? What did they see? You know, I'm just like curious. Oh, yeah, because definitely. Because get caught up in a lot of the things about the Holy Spirit. But when I looked at chapter 1, I just saw it in a whole different way. And I was like, wow, the 40 days, okay. So, and you're with them, and you're te- you have to be teaching them and stuff, and because then they see it and stuff, and then I'm thinking they're empowered with that because after Pentecost, after the day of Pentecost, mm-hmm. they do become very bold, I want to say, or was it during the 40 days that they really got it and knew that he was not a fraud, and all the scriptures that they have been told were all being fulfilled. Amen. To this point, that was my thought on that. No, here's it when that's says, a good. Don't touch me yet because I'm not. That's in John. That's when he says he hasn't been. He hasn't ascended to the Father yet. He hasn't ascended to the Father, and that's in John. That's in I believe chapter twenty, around there. And and that actually opens up to our actually where we're going next on that. As she said that, because I, I do believe that the disciples did have. It's like me and you today. We have some certain understanding. Some things will start to come. And there was a portion of scripture where it says that the Lord breathed on them, and He said, "Receive the Holy Spirit." And many will point that to as their point of salvation, because now they're putting their faith not just in the crucified Christ but in the resurrected Christ wow. and the in the risen Christ they're not yet infilled yet but he does tell them and what does the scripture also say in the book of Luke he says and he opened up their minds to understand the scriptures so through all this in this time in these 40 days we don't know how much they understood maybe some understood certain things maybe some didn't understand certain things and they did as they talked about it and they listened to him I'm pretty sure it was a lot to take in but this is that as we go into 
to this next part, this is where I believe it all really comes together in that because even in our sense, many times we could also have that. There are many things like we start to piece together, like she said, like as a puzzle, we'll start to, oh, this, that, and we'll start to remember. It's like salvation. You'll come to when you, when you first get saved and you start going through the seasons and all of a sudden you start remembering of times that you lived and you think, man, God, you were there. You know, you were in the middle of this and you were in the middle of that and you start to get some clarity and understanding or at least a picture that God, you were there the whole time. So I, I don't know, but I would assume because according to scripture, it does say he opened their minds to the scripture so they could understand everything that he had told them. Do they fully understand it? I don't believe so. But this is where I believe this next portion of scripture is coming in because again, it's, it has to do with when he says he appeared to them during the 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God, representing his very presence. There's a coming kingdom, but also his kingdom would now forever be about his presence would be in their hearts, would be infilled in his people within this world. So now you have the kingdom of God here on earth through his people. So let's go to verse um, four, which is in that same one. And he tells them, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you heard from me. So he's teaching them all these things. And this is the same scripture that we just read in Luke chapter 24. He's telling them the same thing. It says he just all he's doing is Luke is rewriting exactly what was already said. And he just he just saying exactly what was already written that he had told them, wait until you have been until you've been empowered from on a high. Okay, and it's that same word power It's that dunamis power. It's that martyr, you know, that that witness is the martyr. And he's telling them, but he doesn't just say it. He's saying, he said, you heard from me, which I had spoken to you. As like we heard earlier, learning about, Lord, this is you speaking to me. And he tells them, and he orders them. That's a strong word. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. How many of us love waiting? No. <laughs> right? That's the worst thing you could tell somebody. Just wait upon the Lord. And that's the last thing we want to hear. You know, so we start to get anxious, you know, but this is what he commanded them to do. And he says for that promise to be in in that word again, I'll read it again. That power can be um, strength, power and ability. Okay, the strength and power. How many of us know to wait on the Lord? We need power for that. We need strength for that. We need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to many times wait because God's timing is not the same timing as ours. Amen. Um, don't let them know, know that I said that, okay? <laughs> and it says here, but who is this promise? Who is this, this person? So let's go to John chapter 16. It's a couple chapters over. And I'll read this one, but I want us to see something in here. Because as Pastor Pat was saying, this is... This is um, you know, who, you know, I can't imagine that. That's got to be like even for us, but I can't imagine it because I myself have been there and I'm pretty sure we've all been there. You're probably there right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're going to go to uh, John chapter 16, verse 4 through 15. But look what he says here. But I have said these things to you that when the hour comes, you re- may remember that I have told them to you. Mm-hmm. So Pastor Pat, I don't think you're far off. Because okay. <laughs> it says it right there. It's pretty plain. 
he's telling them, so when these things may come, the hour has come, you will remember all that I have told you. So how many of us know that if you want to remember something, you're going to have to wait till you get there in order to be able to remember what was said. So if you're in a place today, just continue to wait on the Lord and you'll get to a place where it'll be able to be a memory and you'll be able to remember, oh, that's what he said. That's what he had told me. That's what he showed me 20 years ago. <laughs> hey, that's a long time. Eh? <laughs> but you didn't see that one coming. But hey, sometimes it may take that long. We don't know. Okay. And it says, but listen to this. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. I was here. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Listen to what the helper does. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they did not believe in me concerning righteousness because I go to the father and you will see me no longer concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judge. But listen to this part, especially I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. You're not ready now. There's no way you can grasp this now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. And he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Truth. Amen. So imagine this. It's not only to be, many of us, we always focus on, like, like Pastor Pastor, we want to be empowered to do miracles and do all these great things and, and do these things for God. But one of the greatest powers of the Holy Spirit is that you get to know when your thoughts are going crazy and you're seeing some certain, certain things and you're not sure. But when the Holy Spirit comes and reveals and speaks to you and lets you know, it's my word. It is truth, and I am leading you into truth. It empowers you to be able to trust the Lord some more. It empowers you to be able to wait upon the Lord. It empowers you to continue to declare that God is good, even though everything else don't seem good, but God is good. And I can still praise the Lord. I can still worship the Lord. I can still glorify the Lord, because the Holy Spirit who is in me is declaring that this word is true. And he is making it alive to me. So all the doubts, all the fears, all the questions that I may still have, there comes a time where the Holy Spirit now reveals it and he reveals it in his truth. That's when you've done everything you could do as you stand, and it's bold. And it's bold. And it is bold. And the Bible says, for time's sake, in verse 5, and he says, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 through 12, it says, He came and he, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. In John chapter 1, he says, Behold the Lamb of God. And he says, He baptizes with the Holy Spirit because He is the one who I saw the Holy Spirit descend upon. 
And that word baptize is to immerse, to plunge into something that surrounds or covers, to be fully wet. But why is it so important? And I wrote this here. The whole book of Acts has to do with the work of the Holy Spirit through those whose faith is in Jesus. They would learn and grow by his spirit and remember all that he taught them while teaching others by the same spirit, by the Holy Spirit. Brings unity. They were, this whole book as we go forward, this is not about a bunch of disciples that had everything together. This book is about a bunch of the disciples, apostles whose faith was in Jesus Christ and had witnessed and believed that Jesus died for their sins and rose again on the third day, who didn't understand everything, but trusted. And it was the Holy Spirit now that would bring it to life and let them know that this is me speaking. This is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking. Because the Holy Spirit would only speak what the Father and the Son spoke. He's a person. And He's a person. He's not an it or a thing or an entity or a force. He is a person who lives in me and you when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And that is one of the greatest powers. The power of the Holy Spirit is to know that, Lord, it is you speaking. And, Lord, it is you that brings this word to life because you are one. When you can grow in a relationship and you go through things, I love it when I get to a place and I don't know what's going on and everything. And all of a sudden I look to the word of God and I'll read one verse and I recognize that's your word, Lord. So, therefore, I know it and believe it to be true. Doesn't matter how I feel, doesn't matter what I think, doesn't matter where where I'm at, but I believe your word to be true because your Holy Spirit witnesses to your word. And He always leads to truth. And He'll convict you of sin. He'll convict you of rebellion, of disobedience. He'll convict you and we're right where you're at if you allow Him to. Because there was many times that I used the word of God and I loved reading the word of God, but there were some people I just didn't like. So those verses that says, Lord, you will bring vengeance upon my enemies. I said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I would read that every morning. <laughs> I remember one time, you know, I was in sales and I had to give out, you know, I, in the year before I gave out liquor and I gave out beer and I gave out all kinds of stuff and, you know, all these different things to my customers. The next year I was a Christian and I was kind of tied between it. And they're waiting. They, they're expecting their bottles. And I remember I came to a place and thought it was the Holy Spirit and the word of God came to me. We'll give strong drink to those that are perishing. Bible says that, right? Doesn't mean it was right. No, it doesn't mean it was right. I had to check myself and make sure I had to seek the Lord. So you can use it for the good and you can use it for or the bad or to forget your own way. It doesn't work that way. The Holy Spirit, he convicted me on that. That wasn't the right thing to do. But right here, he's telling them, wait for the wait for the Holy Spirit. I believe they did know. And they did start to piece these things together. But I also believe it was a lot to take in. But when the Holy Spirit came and filled them, oh, they got to know Christ in a whole other way. Because it just wasn't knowing Christ when they were seated at the table with him. It wasn't just knowing Christ when they were following him. It wasn't to know Christ when all those were looking to, to stone him to death. It was knowing Christ in their lives and in their heart 24-7. 
he became revealed to them. And let's look, I just want to look at these scriptures that we're going to be reading down the line. Let's look at some of the things that the Holy Spirit does in their lives. Acts chapter 4 verse 8. He says here, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders. Like Pastor Pat said earlier, they became bold. Because now what they knew, they not only knew, but they knew because now they had the Holy Spirit to confirm it. And they were able to go with boldness. And it says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, stood up and started to speak. We'll be reading that in a couple of months. Well, you can read it now, but I mean, we'll be going to Bible study. Let's look at Acts chapter 10, verse 44. He says here, while Peter was still saying these things, look at the power in this. The Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. So not only was the Holy Spirit in him, but as he's speaking by the Holy Spirit, now the Holy Spirit starts to fall upon all those that are hearing the message. Let's go to Acts chapter 19, verse 2. You guys can keep up. Don't worry if you can. Don't worry. Acts chapter 19, verse 2. We're going to read these again, so don't worry. And it says, And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? And they said, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. (laughs) They hadn't even heard there was a Holy Spirit. Amen? So this is, you know, this is, this is really getting good. Amen? Uh, Acts chapter 20, don't worry, you don't have to catch it. It's right next chapter, verse 23. says here, um, this is where, what's it called? I'm sorry, I'll read verse 22. And now behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. We don't, we, don't like that. we don't like that one, huh? <laughs> Acts chapter 20, verse 22 and 23. These are all acts of the apostles, but they were able to do these things because of the Holy Spirit who now lived in them. And we will be learning just as they learned. And we will know that all the things that we get to know and that the Holy Spirit's doing through us as we trust Him. But the key thing in all of this is they knew Jesus was alive. They knew they served a living God. So the resurrection made a whole lot of difference. Oh yeah, without it we're... It made the whole difference in their life and in their hearts. The Bible says without it be futile, be meaningless. It'd be meaningless. But because we believe today that Jesus Christ, yes, died on that cross for our sins, but He also rose again on the third day. That's where it starts, is our faith. It's all about our faith in Jesus Christ and who He is. And because your faith is in Jesus Christ, He has given you His Holy Spirit now to help you walk this walk out. To empower you the ability, the strength that you need to live the Christian life. It doesn't have to be that hard. We make it hard because we live in a sinful flesh. (laughs) But the one of the blessings is is that He'll never leave you and He'll never forsake you. And He's patient with us. And He that began a good work in us will see it to completion until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we heard earlier, that same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in me and you. And will one day raise me and you up as well. Amen? Amen? Amen. I'm done for tonight. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. 
I am trying to keep the Bible studies to about 8.15, 8.20. You know, I understand there's work in school and different things like that. So, you know, I would definitely like to do that to the best that I can. And uh, Holy Spirit, you know, trusting in the Holy Spirit. Um, is there any prayer requests tonight? Any prayer requests? Yes, Faith. For a job? For you? Okay. Amen. Yes, Valerie. Um, Summer's brother called me last night, and he's like at his wit's end. He's, he said that he was watching videos on how to tie a noose because he wanted to take his life. And so um, I talked to him for quite a while. He's getting ready tomorrow to go back to court. He's an alcoholic, and he has to, he's only just turned 21. And he needs to quit drinking. He's got to go into a program where he has to quit drinking. And he doesn't think he can do it. And I don't think he can either. Yeah, I, but only through Christ. And I tried telling him that you can do all things through Christ. You know, and I told him that, you know, I told him a lot. So, but okay. What was his name again? Aaron. Aaron, okay. Aaron. And, and also, I met a family yesterday <coughs> when I was at the doctor's. And her husband, this lady's husband, found out that he had a 